Radio. Hey, another episode. This one's pretty cursed. We've been trying to to get this recorded for uh, I don't know. Is it is it a month? Maybe something like that. At least, yeah, two yeah. or three maybe. Yeah. <laughs> here, <laughs> here we are. Anyway, I'm Kevin. I'm your one of your hosts. I'm joined by my other two co-hosts, Sean and Anthony. And hey. today we have two guests. We have Jacob and Willow, I think, from the yeah. Routify team that are on to talk about Routify. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Hello. Hi. So before we get into the nitty gritty, um, what have you guys been up to lately? Have you been doing anything fun, unrelated uh, to Svelte or related uh, to Svelte, if you want? I have been getting my double jabs for the COVID vaccine and then redoing the office and just general family stuff here in the summer. Yeah. So nice. That's about it. Yeah. I just got my second jab last week as well. Pretty pretty excited to go traveling. What about you guys, Anthony, Sean? What are you doing? Um, well, double jabs as well. Yes, double jab crew. Um, <laughs> I have basically been working on Bianc, which is not really different news to what I normally work on, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are just about to close a funding round, very exciting, uh, which means we can hire lots of people soon. So maybe maybe I'll turn the next uh, podcast into a massive ad uh, about yeah, hiring, about it. trying to interview people, because it's hard work. You know, yeah. I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, it's um, the markets. I mean, I haven't been in the market for a while and, and it's kind of changed quite a lot from, from what I uh, remember it to be. So, so yeah, that's consumed a lot, an awful lot of my time. Um, for those who've done it, funding is quite exhausting and hiring is the next step, which is also very exhausting. So I'm busy, yeah. shall we say. Sounds like you're having at least some fun. Yeah, it's definitely fun. <laughs> it's a learning experience, and learning's fun, right? So, uh, I don't didn't want to miss Willow or, or Ghost. Um, I don't know which one it is, but <laughs> did you want to have an update? Uh, I just I'm working on Svelte stuff and uh, products uh, like Discord related stuff too at the moment. Ooh, I'd love to hear about Discord stuff. I actually do have a work in progress thing that I really want to do. Um, okay, well, uh, I'll, uh, my update is I just moved to Seattle proper. Uh, I was in Bellevue previously, and so now I'm setting up my new apartment and I don't have my normal microphone. So if I sound, if I sound crappy, uh, apologies. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but yeah, we're our, our, uh, our company, Berons Felt, uh, maybe like a month ago, we're still heavily underway building it out. Uh, people seem to like it. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy that um, we're, we're converting, you know, React fans into Svelte fans, and um, it's crazy to to see that we're you know we're comfortable betting on this thing. Nice, yeah. I've been. I uh, might just. Oh, sorry. Carry on. No, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say I might just hire loads of React developers so I can convert them. That large area. <laughs> yeah. Is that how we grow the community? <laughs> I think uh -huh. so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I've been working at BuddyBase for, for a while now, and now I'm probably moving into more of a developer relationship uh, kind of a role. So that's exciting for me. But yeah, uh, let's let's get into Svelte stuff. So um, Jake, Willow, um, what is Routify? Well, Routify is a router, more or less, file-based. It's inspired by the routing part of Sapper, which... Uh, where it kind of all started. Um, I was using Sapper when I got into Svelte. Um, 
but I did have some issues with build times and stuff and I just needed a minimal solution for file routing so I quickly whipped up a tiny little router I think it was called Svelte File Router back then and I was just using that on a couple of small projects but that gained popularity and then all of a sudden I had uh, Rick So and others joining me with uh, at least no Rick did help write a lot of the code or some of the code and then others joined in after him and then it became Routify and that's kind of how the whole thing started. Cool so uh, I kind of jumped jumped the gun here but i i was gonna ask uh so what what are you guys' background um i'm a full stack software engineer currently working as a subcontractor for pycom yeah how did you how did you end up in using svelte rather than some other oh i can't remember now i think uh it started after we bought the house and i decided if we got the house i wanted to get um i was going to take a year off and just work on the house instead and we got the house we wanted so then i had a year to renovate the house and then after a year of programming where i was very determined not to do any programming or even set a tv up because i knew instantly that if i did that then the house would stop and that's also what happened later on but anyway after a year i had to pick it up again the programming and i was looking at what was out there i was used to using Vue, and i came across Svelte. And I figured I'd at least give it a try. And I instantly fell in love with Svelte. It, uh, it had that feeling of, I don't know what you call it, a natural evolution of JavaScript. Yeah. So that's how it started. Like a super set. Yeah. And also, for the, I guess, you know, on a podcast, you can't see Jake's house, but it's, it's good. It looks good. Looks really good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does look good. Look good. Willow, what's what's your background? How did you come into the Routify fold? So I started off uh, mainly on the server, and then about isn't it about a year ago now? I decided to to start doing websites, and because I find that I really enjoy making websites, and I started out with just plain CSS, HTML, and jQuery. And I saw a Fireship video on what's new with Svelte 3. And I said to myself, this looks awesome. Because I was going to get into React, but I was just like, this is weird. I don't, it, does, it didn't click as much as Svelte did. And so I started looking around, like, how do I, how do I make something with Svelte? And my first site was just with like the um, basic just roll up thing. And then I saw Sapper and I saw Routify. And I think it was um, the 2019 or 2020 talk that Jake did that really got me into it. And I joined the Ratify Discord and I was like, this is awesome. What can I do to help? And that's that's just, that's how, that's how it's been. It's been helping since. Cool. You see, there's a benefit to giving talks with, <laughs> you get people to join you. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah for that's, sure. That's, yeah, that's the only reason I know about Ratify because of me. his talk. That caught me oh. by surprise because I hated that talk I gave. Well, <laughs> really? I, I I remember you you told me didn't you re-record that a bunch of times? I did the first recording and it was near perfect and it was natural and it, I sounded like an actual human. And <laughs> there were a few flaws in it and I was like, I can do that better. I'll just uh, give it a second go and then oh no, all of a sudden it became memorized and 
the natural feeling was completely gone. It became yeah. scripted and terrible. So I'm surprised that's how Ghost found Redify. <laughs> oh, I, I remember it being good. Yeah, um, I, I, I do, I was going to say. Yeah, that yeah, was nice. So that was all the way back in, I think, Svelte Society Day, right? It was yeah, that's the true. First, first conference, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So you started Sapper, but then you made your own file router. So that, that could we call that like Routify 0.1 or something, maybe? Yeah, I think uh, there was Svelte File Router, and that would be Routify mm. 0.1. And then when we changed the name, that would be version 1. All right. All so right. yeah, that cool. makes sense. So yeah. one thing that kind of struck me about Routify, uh, or Routify, probably as I pronounce it, I don't know which the correct pronunciation is. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but one of the things that struck me is obviously like Sapper uses um, its own kind of version of hydration which is a kind of all or nothing approach and I know that there was a decision in in R25 if you call it, I don't know I'll, I'll try not to make up names on the fly but basically a decision to use uh, is it JSDOM that it uses for SSR? Do you, you know, what, what sort of made that decision? What, what, was, what was the reason behind that? Oh, for using uh, JSDOM? Yeah, for the SSR stuff. Um, I can't even remember what the original cost was uh, for it. Um, I think there was a bit more flexibility with JSDOM, um, especially with the Ready Helper recreated, where you didn't have to get into uh, a lot of boilerplate and different syntax, where hmm. it used to be that you had to create a different script uh, module, and then you had to run your thing things in there and have them in a preload function then you had to export the preload function and then import it into the main script and i see the benefit of it there's a purest appreciation of doing it like that because it's very efficient but from my point of view i felt uh, for me the ready helper was more efficient uh, the way i was working that i could just write my code like i would if it was a single page application and not even think about the ssr and then the second I wanted to turn it into an SSR, I just wrote uh, dollar ready, and then it was SSR. Uh, so it was very okay. easy to just transform it. I rem I remember when I first uh, found Ratify. I this is one of those things that I liked about it, like the simplicity compared to Sapper at the time. Just being able to just write stuff and then tack on a ready helper call, and then you're pretty much done. So I can. Oh, I was just gonna say I do, I do enjoy the helpers in, in Ratify actually. I do, you know the, the, all the dollar prefix things that you import. I think that's quite a nice way of doing things, and uh, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. you can thank uh, Rixo for those. He came up with the system for tagging into the native uh, stores of Svelte. Okay. Mm, interesting. Nice. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that's how they work, isn't it? I suppose they're, they're stores. Yeah, it's nice. I talked to him about it, and he said you can do it like this. But he had to warn me. There's a risk that it would just one day break if the internal uh, function just started changing. But yeah. no, so far so good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the one of the risks you take, isn't it? I suppose when you're building something that at that level that you you yeah. kind of can't help but tie yourself to internals. I mean, Rick says the guy who sort of lived on the edge of the internals all the time anyway because he wrote the original. Exactly. He wrote the original <laughs> and current HMR implementation, in fact. Um, and that uses some, some weird stuff. He's a wizard, yeah. <laughs> so, 
so what what are some other neat features of Radify? Like what's the what's the elevator pitch? If if you, oh, we should thought about that. that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, have, the help the helpers, right? They're they're pretty good. Yeah, the helpers are. I don't know what will be the elevator pitch for Radify. Um, for Radify three, the the biggest seller would be that it actually works inside Svelte. Um, whether it works with all the features, I doubt that as far as hydration and all that goes. But if you wanted, you could just drop it into SvelteKit and then do a mix and match. You could do 50-50 or do all Rarify. It's completely up to you. Um, whether somebody will do that, I don't know. But I think that's probably the biggest seller considering uh, how popular SvelteKit is. But on its own, I'd say for Rarify 3, that would be the virtual file system that you can access. Um, it gives you a lot of flexibility that you can uh, traverse the different files. We call them nodes um, in Routify. And you can kind of orchestrate um, different pages. Um, it helps, especially for uh, stuff like internationalization, where you could uh, redirect to different pages or show them, um, depending on whatever logic you prefer. Or you can have um, a landing page where you show off um, 10 pages at once, if you prefer. Um, there's, there's a lot of flexibility there with the virtual file system. Um, that's what's also the, um, we, yeah. Uh, so was the internationalization a big driver behind Routify? Was it something you, you sort of baked into the core? Because I know that, for instance, in SAPA, we've sort of struggled with that, you know, getting the right decision. It's something I always wanted to do, and for everything I did with Routify, it was, um, I wouldn't say it's an unless so I say, I can't say that word, um, but I wouldn't say it was a yep. big priority, but it was more um, the whole concept of being flexible, where that was a part of it, that I didn't want to do anything where all of a sudden the people who needed those features would be cut off. So, yeah, I, I tried to keep it flexible so you could write your own. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess Wolfer was a big uh, influence on on the internationalization stuff. He always uh, so yeah, Wolfer. Wolfer is the is the the guy behind the design for Svelte Summit, the, yeah, the websites. He was, he was very generous. And the, yeah, he got his team at uh, Mono to design the website and documentation oh, and stuff. So we owe him a lot of gratitude. Oh, for Routify as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. But I, I get where he's coming from because every time he has to do a project, they have to do it in three languages. So right. he needs something he's... that's just completely streamlined that he doesn't have to think about every time. It should just work out of the box. Yeah, I, I guess there are a bunch of different places where that where where it's like that, right? So you have Belgium where where exactly. he is, right? And then Switzerland as well. It's probably like three languages, and probably a bunch of other yeah. countries where there are at least two. Yeah, so that's that's pretty interesting. So if we switch around to the, so we talk, let's talk a bit about like the community side of Routify. Um, I know Willow, you've been pretty active there on the Discord. What what's it like running a, a Discord server that is? It's kind of big, right? There are a bunch of people on the Routify Discord. Yeah, we have well over a thousand people on it. Oh. Nice. Yeah, I mean, most of it's just people asking for like help, and then uh, Jake or I will usually get around to answering it. Um, there's also 
we have like a Git updates channel and uh, we have like, I usually tag um, this role when we have new releases and you can like click like this button, this, this is Discord bot and you can like um, press this button and it'll give you the role. So you can like opt in to notifications. It's yeah, it's, it's we have quite a lot in the Discord. Yeah, it's it's actually like interesting how big the the Routify Discord is, um, since it's like one of those extra frameworks that are built on top of another framework, sort of. So it's nice to see that it, that it's been growing to to be as big as it is. I I often see like sometimes smaller communities often don't get any traction at all, but that doesn't seem to be the case with Redify. So that's nice. Yeah, that's another thing we can thank uh, Wolfer for. I don't know how he did it, but in I think it took him five minutes to get that going, and then it's, yeah. <laughs> Slow speed in no, in no time. Yeah. So so what's it like building a, a file-based router? What are like some of the the tough problems that you need to solve? Did you, you say fire based? F uh, no, <laughs> file based. Oh, file based. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I misheard that. It's a new uh, earphone. I'm not used to. Um, no worries. Some of the problems are I, I don't know. Um, I think for Redify three, it's been a lot more difficult than it was for Redify one and Redify two because for Redify one. It was just fixing a very specific problem. I wanted the file routing that I have of, had from Sapper, and that's all I wanted. And that was fairly easy to write. And then Redify 2 was just a continuation of that. Um, also fairly simple, but Redify 3 is a complete rewrite. And there's a lot of tough choices that went into that. And there's still some uh, open ends, uh, what would you call it, experimental features where I'm considering doing a raw. Uh, a versioning kind of like you have with node and another software where you say you have uh, uneven versions that's um a little bit experimental and then the even versions you get it right and then every other year you do a minor rewrite um, so for Redify 3 it's um, getting all these things right from scratch um, rather than just building on top of what you have right so how so you said something about Routify being able to be used inside of SvelteKit? Yeah. How, how would that work? Um, that's fairly simple, actually. You just create a file in your pages and you name it uh, bracket dot dot index or whatever have you. And yeah. then you just put Routify in there. And then whatever comes from uh, SvelteKit just gets redirected to uh, Routify. Oh, Do I need to that. turn off like the uh, the Svelte Kit router for this? No, that shouldn't be necessary because the Svelte Kit router is still um, catching all traffic and then passing it on. But mm, you might, if you're not going to use Svelte Kit at all, uh, the routing, then you could. Um, but it's it's not something I have been uh, played a lot with. I only I created an example just to see if I could get it working, and then once that was working, I was like pat myself on the shoulder and then that was it then i haven't All come right. back to it since but it's something i want to look into further when there's a bit of time for it yeah so what what kind of new features are there in in routify 3 compared to to 2 um the virtual file system that you use for um navigation generation 
especially for documentation sites and stuff like that, is a lot more fleshed out. Then we have external metadata, whereas before you had to write your metadata um, as HTML comments, because they had the benefit that they'd automatically be stripped in production by almost any bundle you'd use. So we wouldn't need to compile anything to get metadata in like that. But those we support in uh, external meta files now, so you can actually fetch data uh, on build and you can cache that data. So if, let's say you had uh, a site where you presented movies and you had thousands of movies there that you scraped off uh, MovieDB or whatever have you, you don't want all those movies to be scraped on every single uh, NPM run dev. You, you want that to just be available. Um, you could have that cached and even stored when you save it to GitHub and then on production, you could have the cache disabled. So the only time you, time you ever scrape, um, not scrape, um, fetch from the API would be when you run your build. And other than that, you'd leave the API alone. That's one of the features. Um, and then we have code splitting in the metadata. And then we have preloads and guards, kind of like you had in Zapper and SvelteKit, I think. Uh, is it called load now in SvelteKit? All right. Um, I imagine it's somewhat the same functionality that you um, you run some functionality before you actually load the component, whereas in Redify 2, the, the logic runs within the component. Um, so that's some of the new features. And yeah, the biggest feature probably is multiple routers. You can have routers within your router. Um, Reception. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when would you want to do that? Is that are there reasons for 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 doing that? Um, I think for very visual sites um, where you might want to do something like say you had uh, galleries in a what do you call it a carousel mm-hmm. or pages where you could go from uh, what do you call it a page from page to page where each page is its own app that you can navigate in and then go back and forth and you still have the state preserved from the previous page. Um, I think we're moving into um, app country now. This is not so much websites as it's an app feature. Um, I know from Rick, so when he was doing, oh, this is embarrassing. What was the name of it? Um, Is it Svench? Oh yeah, Svench, yeah. Yeah. When he was doing Svench, he was looking for a router in, or, or multiple routers and Rarify didn't support that, so he actually had to write his own uh, file-based router. So I know Svench is one example. Mm. All right, cool. So let's see here. And uh, another thing that came to mind, something like widgets. Um, a lot of websites now have widgets where you can navigate within the widget widget on the website. Um, things like that would be uh, functional as well. Or if you're creating, what do you call it, a website builder? where you might want to navigate the site itself, but you also have the navigation of the builder itself. And yeah, there are scenarios where you might want both. Oh, yeah. It saves, saves using iframes, doesn't it, I suppose? It saves having that. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So I, 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 it just dawned on me that, like, so you could build your widget like you would build a standard app with your routes split yeah. up. Oh, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And then That's you cool. have to choice between uh, storing the data nowhere, where whenever you have a widget or a router, 
within the page would just be lost when you navigate away from it, or you can have it in um, the local storage, or you can even have it in the browser in the, the address there. Yeah, um, yeah. depends on what you prefer. Yeah. All right. So when uh, when can we try this this new cool version of Routify? Because it's not out yet, right? Well, no, I it's mean... not. the The plan was that um, we'd release a preview or something after or simultaneously with the release of this podcast here. Um, yeah. So I don't know what date you have for. Oh, it's it's gonna it's gonna take a couple of weeks for sure. We have a couple right. episodes going out before this, so. I think Still the sometime. preview will be out before then. Then, yeah, famous last words. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> no, it should be ready. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right. So, it, other than Routeify, I know you also have some other tools that you've built. So, uh, Stack Mix, right? But that's probably kind of like a. Is that kind of the equivalent of Svelte Add for Svelte Kit, but um. for Routeify? So I don't know much about Svelte Ad yet. Um, it's something I've been. It's, it's on the to-do list of things I want to try. Um, yeah. So that that pretty much just adds functionality onto onto the basic Svelte Kit install or whatever you want to call it. Say you wanted Tailwind, you do Svelte Add Tailwind, and you get Tailwind. Is that an official capability, or did someone make that? No. So I I think Jacob made that right. J or Jay. Stack Mix. And no, the the. Svelte add is the, the thing you're talking about, right, Tron? Yeah, I've only seen that in the context of Svelte add Tailwind. I don't know what yep. else it does. I don't know who made it. It, it just adds, yeah, like I said, adds functionality to Svelte. It has a bunch of stuff that I think anyone can make a thing that is added. Tailwind is probably the most used one because it's Tailwind. But I think there's a bunch of others. Um, you know, it's not an official thing. It's like, I don't know what's it equivalent to, I guess. It kind of just mixes like a mixing it adds mixings to, to your whatever it needs to like whatever files whatever config whatever package you need to install it does that sort of thing um but it's completely community driven and i think the people who make the the things you can add to the adders i think they're called they're not all written by the same author and i don't know who the original author is but you're suggesting it might be jay yeah yeah he's usually who, on the on the Svelte discord a lot yeah was were they called jay no control originally I get so confused I, because it's reduced yeah, to one no letter idea. now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so many people. On GitHub, I think it's Jacob Babich. Yes. Oh, yes. Jacob Babich. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> detour. Sorry. Uh, stack no stack mix. So so that's kind of the Routify equivalent. I I guess you kind of um, add functionality. How would you describe it? Um, it's a templater that works around a lot of logic. It takes into account what kind of bundler you're working with and where you have your main template, whether it's uh, index.js, main.js, or where your index HTML is located. There's a lot of um, configuration going into it, especially for when you pick your own bundler, uh, rollup or byte or whatever have you, that has to be taken into consideration. You have all these uh, different uh, configs getting merged, um, different things getting added to package.json. Um, it takes all those things into account and then compiles an app based on different configurations. It's um, it's unfortunately undocumented because it's uh, yeah. I don't know what you call it. It's it's very complex. The the thing that works behind Stack Mix 
Uh, it's called Canvas It, and there's not a single line of documentation for it yet. It's it just started out as an experiment, and then I tried it with Routify templates, and then Routify 3 came into the picture, so maybe after Routify 3, I'll start working on the documentation for it. Yeah, it's the ever ever long problem of documentation, right? Never gets done, really. Yeah, okay, so that's the base problem for Routify. It's always been half a year behind on the documentation uh, compared to the features that it holds. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you're alone on that no. with that problem in the open source no. community. So there's there's another project that I I find the name to be quite funny. Um, it's called Spank, I think. Yeah. So that's so that so from what I understand, you use it to spank out your uh, server-side rendered uh, pages from your SPA, and that's why it's called Spa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So what? So what's that? It's also there, like a. There's a little ecosystem of uh, utilities around Routify that um, they aren't really specific to Routify. That you could use them with uh, React or Vue or whatever have you. They're very universal. They handle SSR and pre-rendering uh, static site generation and stuff like that. Um, and that's yeah. where Spank came into the picture. That was a wordplay on Spa, and I can't even remember if there was anything on yeah. the NK or if that was just because <laughs> it sounded a bit funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pretty funny name. <laughs> and, and then there's Tosser. Um, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, which is just short for 2SSR. But it's, it's funny because English, right? Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then Spasser. That was uh, SPA and SSR. So. <laughs> it's got in oh. interesting naming conventions for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one, I think, was Configent, uh, which was uh, which builds configurations for whatever project you're working on. Say, uh, for instance, for Routify, um, there's a lot of configuration going into that when you set up a project. And sometimes if you use that within a certain framework, the framework might decide how that should be set up. So Configent, uh, when you add that to something like Routify uh, in the base, the code base itself, it checks the dependencies of whatever app it's installed into and it says, oh, there's uh, this or that framework here. That means we need this configuration. So it's very uh, context aware. And then on top of that, it also reads uh, your package JSON for a configuration by whatever you call your project. So when you add Confident to Routify and then install Routify in the project, it looks for a Routify entry in package.json or a Routify config file in the root. Cool. So I, I think a, a common misconception about Routify is that it's uh, a framework, right? And it's yeah. pro it probably stems from, from I remember, uh, was it early last year? I think the, the, the base template was almost like a full-fledged framework in a sense, but yeah. Routify in in and of itself is just a router, right? So you can yeah. use that without any of the other stuff if you wanted to. But a lot of people often compare it straight to something more full stack, yeah, right. And that's I I know that's been it's 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 been kind of hard to describe the the difference sometimes. The the difference I say is a framework has all the features built into it, SSR, static page generation, and so on. 
Whereas with Rarify, I try to avoid tight coupling with any uh, specific um, feature like that. So instead, um, we created some utilities that you can add and remove as you please. I remember when Meteor came out, I don't know if that's something you're familiar with. Um, it had everything baked into it and it was very popular at first. And then later on, an alternative came out called Meteor. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, no. Like, I kind of tried to do all the things that Meteor did, but without um, a framework. It was just it was somewhere in between. Um, instead of building or having a bunch of utilities, it was just written into the template. Uh, with Verify, I wanted to do like they did with Meteor, not Meteor, but Meteor, and have all the functionality in the template, but written or driven by utilities instead of uh, having to actually maintain the code yourself in the template. Yeah, sorry, it just dawned on me. We're talking about Meteor, not Meteor, as in like the Can you spell? Node alternative. I, I, I'm not uh, even yeah, it's, it's like fleshier. Meteor, oh, like meat. Yeah. Meteor. Oh, M-E-A. Okay. Yeah. I-E-R. Okay. <laughs> I think spelling would be better than like <laughs> make, getting people to understand their pronunciation differences. Good point. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things when you choose a name, you know, call it something like Spank instead. It's easier. <laughs> or Tosser. <laughs> tosser. <laughs> yeah. All right, so so what's what's next for for Routify and the Routify community? Do you have any any plans? I know you. We talked a bit about you guys doing a video on the on the Svelte Society channel, right? Maybe that that could be some something fun to do. Oh, you mean a new video? Yeah, we really need, we will get around to that probably. Uh, maybe like a we could maybe do a teaser type thing for Routify three or something, because yeah. there's quite a bit of um new things with ratify 3 that we'd love to show off and i think there's even ratify 2 features that never got announced so yes there yeah. are ghosts <laughs> that might be on me but yeah ghost has a little uh, list of features for a blog post um anyway yeah. no rush there <laughs> yeah we can even do a, a live stream or something like that you know make it easy yeah um, that could be yeah. fun but i think it, you know, we, we need to not be perfectionist about like announcing the perfect uh, launch or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always like, per, what, what's the saying? Is it perfect is the enemy of good? No, uh, no good. good. No, I, I don't know. Yeah, perfect is the enemy of good. Or um, yeah, that <laughs> that that one saying. <laughs> that one saying that everyone knows exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or continuous um, improvement over delayed perfection. Yeah. Yeah, um, in in terms of actually, yeah, um, exposing things, um, bringing things to light that otherwise hidden. I've noticed, Ghost, that you are launching a web dev business. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I've slowly worked on it. it. I just so I've been doing freelance web development, like properly for like the past year, as I mentioned. And I've got too much work, and I can't take it all on. And I wanted nice. to like hire some other people to help me out with that. And so I've been working on Oxova and definitely need to learn a bit from that um continuous improvement not in type thing because <laughs> it's slowly getting there and trying to make it perfect yeah 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 launch early and, and test on the public i reckon is a was a We've good been approach testing privately but i definitely need to get something out there yeah just get it out there yeah sure. all right um do you guys have anything anything else you want to talk about with regards to Ratify or 
Svelte or anything in general? Yeah, how do you how do you feel about Svelte in general? <laughs> oh, I love Svelte. Um, I used to get a bit of anxiety about Svelte. I'll have to admit that because I, when it was first announced, I didn't know if this was going to be a complete uh, rival for Rarefy or if it was something that could coexist. And I have had a lot of people asking me, um, would this be the end of Rarefy? Um, but after seeing Svelkit uh, and the way it's made, I, I think we're doing the same thing differently and going for um, different demographics. Um, like there's there's some overlap, but there's also a good bit of differentiation. So I'm happy that time has passed or behind me now that I've actually seen what uh, Svelkit has become. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, a lot of... That's a big thumbs up to the Svelkit team as well. Um, I do love where it's going. Yeah, I think I think when we launched Svelte actually there was a lot of there was a lot of kind of anxiety from people who had their own frameworks or libraries or whatever that covered some of the stuff that Svelte covers. And it, you know, it, it is entirely misplaced I think because um I can understand why it's concerning, but really the goal was we took what made, you know, what the, the best bits from from all the other frameworks and tried to build a kind of approach for all of it. A lot of those maintainers actually have joined us uh, on on the core team because you know, they, they decided that maybe contributing to the Svelkit was uh, the right approach for them. Uh, some carried on Elder.js, for example. It, it covers a kind of, like you said, a different demographic. Um, yeah. It's great to have competition, right? You know, it's great to have, have people to share ideas with and stuff. So, yeah. And it's it's all open source as well. So Absolutely. Exactly. 100%. Any last few questions before we move on to unpopular opinions? No, no I can't think of any. Right. <laughs> okay, Anthony, let's hear it. Oh, it's, it's always this? me. It's always me first. I can't remember. I've got so many opinions. I can't remember what mine is. Um, what, 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 was, what was it? Oh, where's my notion gone? Does Anthony um, not have an unpopular opinion? I do. I wrote, I wrote it down. Oh. I wrote it down. SAS pricing sucks. That's right. That's the one. That's SAS pricing sucks. What does that mean? <laughs> so... So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, right? So uh, we're using a lot of SaaS because it makes sense before you try and build your own or customize it. Um, you want to use something off the shelf. And for some the, plans for are just... For those who don't know, uh, SaaS is software as a service. And it's those, like, you know, subscription, like, Notion, you know, you pay, like, $15 a month or something. And then if you run a business, you essentially, all these little bills just start piling up, and then you end up with a giant bill that you don't know where, where it came from. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, so I think I think my problem isn't like isn't the bills build up because obviously the um, the SaaS I use the pricing is quite clear. The problem for me is I guess that um, SaaS pricing as a whole seems to be very much um, like a three or four tier system. The lower tier, you know, the, the basic plan, the developer plan, the startup plan, whatever, are usually kind of free, and you know, often you get a fairly generous um, amount of stuff there. Mapbox is a good example of that. I mean, we survived on Mapbox on the on the on the basic plan, basically for free. They give you fifty thousand map loads, and the reason oh, why sorry. I say so yeah. is is that kind of like a like a Google Maps kind of thing? Yeah, thing? yeah. So sorry. So Mapbox is basically like Google Maps. Um, I prefer it because it's a little bit cleaner. Um, the code, so integrating it uh, in into an app, it it bleeds a little less. Like Google Maps has a weird thing, for example, just to go on a bit of a tangent here. 
Google Maps, you embed it in your application, it starts to write to the browser history, uh, to the to the HTML5 history. I don't know why it does it, and it really messed up Sapper's routing quite a lot at one point. So I really went off it. Um, but yeah, so Map, map Box, um, 50,000 map loads is super generous for most people that they could survive for free, no problem. The problem for me is that their, their next tier up makes, I think it's every thousand map loads up to a hundred thousand map loads is $5. So that's a, that's a massive jump. Like that's a huge jump in pricing. And you know, I don't necessarily need map loads. I need, for example, like tile loads. You can't separate that out. It doesn't give you that option. And I found that a lot of SAS doesn't. You, if you use Sanity, I, I think Sanity is fantastic. But once you want to go beyond the three free users, which again is super generous, it costs a fortune. So I don't necessarily, I need like one user maybe. I don't want to have like a plan with 10 users. I just want one more user. I want to then have maybe more, I don't know, more content or I want to have more uh, more API calls or something. It just doesn't let you separate it out. And I think that more SaaS could benefit from having a pay-as-you-go system, which granted Mapbox do actually have a pay-as-you-go system, but it's only certain things you can do. Um, a pay-as-you-go system or just maybe more tiers, right? Give me the give me the four or five uh, basic tiers and then let me drill down and pick, you know, a bit of this and a bit of that. It just, it would just mean that I could stay with the product. Um, you know, may, maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe it's because the, the pricing works and that they can handle the volume that you're, that you're taking in there and, you know, the it's a loss that, that the basic plan is a loss leader because it's you know getting users through the door and getting people using it but it just seems like maybe there's a better way to do SaaS pricing that's i guess that's why it doesn't suck it's just it sucks you know yep yeah <laughs> SaaS pricing seems hard uh, yeah sure <laughs> well uh i'll offer this um there's a there's a pretty common jump in pricing whenever it comes to enterprise features, uh, including single sign-on. The thing is, yep. single sign-on is such a, a common basic security feature that a lot of people think actually it should be part of the, the basic offering. Um, so there's a site that you can go to called sso.text that actually is like a SSO wall of shame. It shows you how mm -hmm. much markup they charge you just for it, just for adding SSO. Uh, so for example, Airtable charges you 500% markup Whoa. just to add wow. single sign-on um, and so yeah um, it's a it's a pretty interesting metric by which uh, you can you can criticize SaaS pricing <laughs> but then also uh, people seem to pay it so <laughs> yeah so I mean that's <laughs> it's true it's you know it's not wrong at all I mean that's uh, you know there's definitely there's definitely a reason behind it it's just you know I had to move loggers because Semitex I'm going to call them out on it Semitex right is a decent logging platform is easy to get upset with. It does JSON, it does good searching. But the moment I go and, I, and I'm using up there 500 megs of logs or whatever a day, the moment I want to go over it's 180 or something a month, like from zero. That's a big jump. That's a big you know, jump, yeah. For, for another half gig, can't I just get two basic plans? You know, <laughs> two free plans. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's, uh, I guess it works. I guess it, it must work. It yeah. must work. <laughs> but it sucks okay um i, I don't know if uh, jacob or uh ghost have uh any unpopular opinions to share uh, I'll, I'll go first while you while you, while you think of something <laughs> um so my unpopular opinion is that we will want svelte to start growing at some point <laughs> and we will want svelte to stop growing at some point um i don't know when but 
uh, right now, so, and, and this, this idea came about because I was listening to Chris Toomey on the Bike Shed podcast. Chris is a uh, converted Svelte user and, and pretty, uh, pretty happy with it. Um, and he pointed out that the reason, so Svelte recently became the most loved framework on Stack Overflow, right? Beating out React, Django, Rails, all these other frameworks that are popular. But it's most loved because this it's a very small group of people who use it. And the more people you who use it, the the less love it's going to get, right? Uh, and that's just how it, that's just how things are. People who are early adopters are more vocal uh, about their love for things. And so right now, Svelte is round about three percent of people surveyed. Three uh, percent of developers use it, and then Vue.js, twenty percent of people use it. React.js, forty percent of people use it. So React is roughly twice as big as Vue. Vue is twice is roughly. I don't know, uh, eight times as big as, <laughs> uh, se- seven times as big as, as Svelte. Um, and so the question is, you know, uh, at some point, do we stop? Uh, you know, I think, I think there's a certain sw- smallest beautiful element of Svelte. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, I think the, like the community aspect of Svelte seems like, like it's, it's a very small and nice community. And that's a, I think that's a, that's definitely a, a pro in comparison to many of the other frameworks. Like, for example, if 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 you wanted to to go to like React meetups, where where would you go? Like, you can go to all sorts of places to find one. But like with Svelte, there's this there's just one Discord where you you go there, and then you from there you find other places to go, and you branch out. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to grow that with, with the Svelte Society thing, right? Like, um, we have maybe 15, I don't know how many are active uh, Svelte Societies around the world. And um, as the world reopens, hopefully, they'll start having their own meetups and their own languages and, and, and all that. So we'll see. It's it's early days. But uh, I'm already thinking ahead to, like, when does this, when does the essence of what Svelte is, like, what, what, what we enjoy about Svelte today, when does that go away? Because Svelte is too big now. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it has to stop growing to grow. <laughs> I think that I think that a few maintainers probably think it's already too big. To be honest, they quite enjoyed it when it was small, and you know they got they got very few feature requests through. But um, but no, I mean I, I I totally agree. I can understand that you know when something becomes too big and too popular, then you know it's, it reaches that critical mass. But as for keeping it small, it's, it it really hasn't grown as in like the people who maintain and contribute the most the amount of external contributors has grown but the but the core team is still is still very small and and you know decisions generally are you know are ratified by by the original kind of miniature core team which is which is definitely a good thing it keeps the quality high um i know that a lot of the downfalls we see in other uh, libraries frameworks are uh, that the api just stops making sense and i think we've done well so far to to, to ensure that it it continues to make sense so uh yeah as long as you've still got that kind of those gates i guess that you know if something has to go through the gates of quality then there's no reason we can't keep going at least for the for the meantime and let it grow all right um i i don't have an unpopular opinion this week yes you do (laughs) (laughs) you're just being quiet about it (laughs) yeah i i do have a lot of unpopular opinions (laughs) same here not any that I want to talk about. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just joking. 
All right. Uh, Jake, Willow, do you, do you guys have an, any unpopular opinions that you want to? I only have unpopular opinions. <laughs> I, I tend to keep them for myself. Um, All right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one unpopular opinion is if you file a book report, uh, and that's not necessarily spelled. That could be anywhere. And you get told, yeah, but why would you do something that looks like an edge case? Um, that's not how it, that's not what it's built for. Even if how you got there is very fundamental. Um, it could be something like having five variables and adding them together and then subtracting them. It's not something you do just for the fun of it, but it's just still work. And sometimes you get told, well, that's not two lines of code, so it shouldn't work. And I'm like, well, whether it's two, three, four or five, it, it should work all the same. It should work as expected. Um, but that's too, that's more of a pet peeve. Yeah, it sounds a bit like the uh, you're holding it wrong that Apple yeah. said on the iPhone, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> all right. Willow, do you have one or should we move on to picks? I don't. No. All right. Picks it is. I'll 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 go first. So I'm uh, around uh, around my my hood or where I live, I guess I should say. Um, I'm known as a bit of a jeans person, so I always wear jeans. But this summer I've uh, decided to uh, try, uh, try out linen clothing. And uh, in the heat wave, that's been going on this this summer. It's been ten out of ten, fantastic. So I can recommend. I've I've been buying uh, from a brand called uh, Muji. I think they're international. It should should be all all over. I can recommend their uh, their linen pants or linen shirts if anyone's looking for any. Well, I'm glad someone got a summer here because we didn't. Yeah, it, has it been raining or? It's rained torrentially. We've had some days of sun. There's been a spot here and there, but mostly rain. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's like the Irish saying, they love the summer because then the rain gets warmer. <laughs> it's about right, I think, yeah. <laughs> All right. Who, who wants to go next? Uh, I'll do a quick pick. Um, so yep. my pick is Superbase, uh, mainly because I was super impressed by their July uh, <laughs> updates. Uh, I, and it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Like they they released uh, phone authentication storage dashboard. They launched a hackathon, uh, a bunch of uh, Postgres support, Flutter, uh, all in one month. And like I just looked at this and I was like, what did I do in July? <laughs> yeah, seem seem to be machines for sure. <laughs> so they're definitely pushing themselves very hard. I mean, I so. You know the, the the my relationship to this problem is that I would used to work at Amplify, and where it's essentially trying to it's basically AWS's version of Firebase, right? And Firebase itself is a well-funded team that is that is working on this problem. This team of nineteen people is outshipping all of them, and I I mean I think there's something special there about being a startup versus a, a big you know behemoth where you don't particularly feel any ages urgency, um, but also I think it's it's pretty cool to watch just something develop when when a startup has momentum so um yeah i think uh it's uh i saw some thread on hacker news about like a spotify client that was native that was it was like in the top five top one maybe yesterday and i saw some comment in there about like wow this this one person or two people are like they're making a 
like an actual native application for for Spotify, while Spotify is just using like Electron, and it's super clunky and has all of the problems that Electron apps has. It's, it's interesting, like how how size can be such an like an impairment at times. And I'm sure there are probably like a hundred different things that the smaller team doesn't have to think about, right? That the big one has to has to keep in mind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they they have the advantage of not worrying about legacy. Yeah. For sure. All right. All right. Uh, so my pick is well, the background is um, I'm trying to do some some hiring, get some job specs out right now. And the process is obviously if you don't do it with a tool, it can get really messy and hard to keep track of who's where and what people are like and that kind of thing. Um, I've used a few similar tools before and I have to say they're kind of much of a muchness. They they all kind of do the same fundamental thing. Um, but I'm really enjoying GoHire.io because uh, one, their SaaS pricing doesn't really suck that much. <laughs> um, but also because it's, it's, you know, there's nothing like blow away game changer feature, but it does everything I want it to. It's a good price and it's very reasonable, works in a predictable way and the UI is decent. Essentially, you know, you write a job spec, uh, you say publish, it publishes it to all the usual job sites. Um, all the ones, even ones we'd have to pay per job spec, it's all included in the SaaS price it appears, which is quite nice. And then it manages applicants. When people apply, it collects the relevant information. Uh, it asks to upload their CV. So yeah, you know, you always get a CV through each time. You have to kind of worry about it offers them a place to put a covering letter. It then gives you also a job site, which is quite nice. Um, so you have your own custom domain, um, jobs.whatevercompany.com, um, and people can apply directly to the site. Uh, I've noticed a few applications coming through the GoHire site itself, in fact, which is quite cool. Um, so there's one one extra kind of route to market, I suppose. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm generally I'm generally impressed with it. It seems to do everything I want to do. Give people star ratings, add tags to people, that kind of stuff, and you can do the whole pipeline there. Move them through like a like a Kanban style board of hired, rejected. You know this interview, that interview. You can even send them questions through the through the tool itself. So, so yeah, GoHire.io is is ticking ticking a lot of boxes for me right now. Nice. That's so funny. We uh, so one of the people at BuddyBase made a made actually like a like a job application um, application template ah. uh, the other week should have uh, should have used that it, yeah, it doesn't a... really it doesn't really <laughs> like connect to all of these other i don't know no, well, whatever job sites connect to though so yeah i mean the other people in my company were doing it manually by each site and it's just just collating oh. the cvs that come in various different sites links emails oscar my my ceo can't actually send me links to to the, our angel profile because Though it says I'm in the company, I can't access it. It's all, it's all very awkward. So having it in one place is really good. Really impressed with it. That's cool. All right. Do you guys have any picks, Jake, Willow? Um, not specifically, but I recently started using uh, ClickUp at work. I'm just uh, ClickUp, ClickUp.com. Um, I'm new to it, but my initial impression is that it's got a lot of potential and this could be my new... Uh, favorite place of just managing everything for mm. any project but yeah have you tried give notion? me a week or two and i might know a bit more sorry say again have you tried notion have you compared it with notion uh notion but uh, whereas uh, i think notion is more like uh, one feature almost i love notion by the way i think um click up 
involves a lot more, uh, it covers a lot more ground. Um, for writing a draft, I prefer Notion. Um, anytime I need to write something quickly and share it with people, I prefer Notion. But for managing sprints and tasks and all those different things, uh, ClickUp ties a million different services together so you don't have people scattered around GitHub and Jira and Notion and all these other services. Um, it's something I would consider using. For now, I've only tried it at work, but first impression is good. Yeah, I first, I first heard about it uh, on the Code Story podcast. So if you are interested in the founding story from, from the founder himself, uh, you yeah, want to check that That would be interesting, out. actually. Yeah, and it threw me off balance completely because my entire world is Notion. And I was like, what is this weird ClickUp name? Like, it sounds like a SEO site or something. Um, yeah. And it's actually a productivity tool. So <laughs> um, it's come from nowhere and it's, uh, it's, it's apparently very popular. Should we should we try that for for Svelte Radio templates? No, nah, I like Notion. <laughs> okay, there's, a, there's another paradox with productivity tools. The amount of productivity I've lost trying out different productivity tools. Yeah, the struggle is I'll, real. Always chasing the next one. <laughs> this time I didn't pick it though. Actually, I, I was told by a very a very um, very large VC this morning that. Uh, a, a, it really impresses them when people submit their pitch decks in Notion, which is kind of a curveball to me. What, really? You know, rather yeah, than a PowerPoint or a PDF. New, it's the new WordPress. Um, yeah, hiring pages actually even look better in Notion. Um, like, there's there's no point in making a custom hiring page or using Lever, just use Notion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last pick. What's... Uh... What's on your mind, Willow? I have a lot of picks, but I you have, think... You have to pick one. Yeah. No, 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 no. Think... Give, give them all, give them all. <laughs> no, I, it would be here for a while. I was just looking through my stars on GitHub and like everything here is pretty cool. So, um, no, so I've been using, for quite a while now, I've been using this website called um, grid.layoutit.com. Um, it's made by uh, Lenio Labs, which is I don't I don't really know. I think it's owned by some of the um, the the Veet guys, I think uh, Patak and someone else. Um, but don't quote me, don't like quote me on that. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, it's a way to visually like create CSS Grid. And the only time I ever really use CSS Grid is when like creating like complex um, navigation that needs to shift around frequently um and being able to do it visually is just awesome because grid can sometimes be a bit much so that's my that's my pick that's a nice pick i think i've seen this around but i never uh, yeah really used it i'll admit i'm one of those people who always sit with a cheat sheet next to me when i'm working with grids yeah i used i used to do that a lot um before it, and I sometimes have to go back and double check as well. There are so many options. Exactly. It's like CSS within CSS. Yeah. It's the, have you been, I'm sure you guys have seen like the, the CSS tricks article with the, like the complete guide to grid or whatever it's called. That's, that's the one I always end up at. Um, I use, um, I use CSS grid critters from. I've, I forget Dave Geddes and yeah, I, ju I just memorized it after playing that game. So, uh, plug for it. I think it's expensive, but it's, yeah. it's a good game if you want to learn CSS and memorize the thing. 
we'll add it as well yeah all right so that's that that's us this time uh this episode um where can guys or gals or anyone really find out more about you and ratify anyone want to offer up some some links you can go to ratify.dev um and you, uh, my GitHub is GhostDev with two Vs. It's um, obviously one of the best usernames ever. Um, <laughs> and Jake's is Jacob Rosenberg. And don't even ask me how to spell that. No, no. <laughs> Jake, how do you spell your uh, I'm sure you can find me on GitHub if you find the Rarify project. Yeah, you can. It's, I think there's. if you go to Rarify.dev, you can just click on his face. <laughs> if if this airs in two weeks, we'll have a little sticker on the front page by then with a link to uh, a preview to Rarify 3. I think we can guarantee that. Yeah, just, uh, definitely. Just give cool. us a little heads up before you release it. Ooh, I just yep. went on Ghost's uh, homepage and it just discovered that you have a Discord, a personal Discord. Uh, That's interesting. I have, yeah, I have a Discord for developers who just Ooh. talk and get help with their code joining <laughs> <laughs> nice all right i guess uh yeah i guess that's it any any last few words from anyone no Not from me all uh, right this is for now yeah. bye everyone thanks for thanks for coming on um and yeah bye everyone thanks for having thanks. us bye, bye everyone <laughs>